It is Saturday, 30th March 2019, and this is episode 352 of Digital Outbox. Hello, welcome to another episode. I am Chris, and in the adjoining seat is Ian, as ever. Afternoon, Chris. Digitally adjoined. Yes. Yes. Um, I just wanted to start this podcast. We normally wait to the end, but I'm going to start this podcast by saying I am running the London Marathon in four weeks' time. It's a very daunting and very big event, uh, for me especially. Uh, I am also raising funds for Children with Cancer UK, so um, so that you don't have to hang around to the end of the podcast to hear it. If you do fancy sponsoring me, and it is fully appreciated, and it's going towards a great cause, uh, it's cheesy.blog forward slash donate is the place to go. Any donations, whether it's a pound or even more, is just, you know, fully gratefully received. So announcement's over. Let's get on with the tech news of this week, because we are coming back within a week. I just want to add two little things before we go on. Firstly... Um, you've obviously looked at the stats and realised the drop off. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, in my mind now, the podcast is done. I'm, I'm just mentally switched oh, no. off. Yeah, we should just be reading out the vlog. That's it, done. That's it. And go and get on with something else. Yeah. But no, we've got the news, and we've had an Apple event. <laughs> we've had an Apple event. Um, not a tra- not the traditional hardware fest Apple event. This has been fully service based announcements. Um, now, cards on the table. I didn't watch the event. Further cards on the table. Don't really know what they announced until I read the show notes a little while ago. Um, so I am that person who is just hearing this for the first time and underst- and and you've you've had to t- a little bit of time to digest and read around this topic. So hopefully we'll come to two different angles. But the first thing they announced, or the first thing we're covering that they announced, um, Apple News Plus. So this is going to be um, so it's, it's kind of Apple News, but they're going to add in high end subscriptions to magazines um, and sort of more paid for services, and it's going to cost you nine ninety nine. Uh, sorry, that's nine dollars ninety nine. So we'll wait and see what it is in the um, in the UK. This is coming to America now. I think we're getting it later in the year. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of bringing the Netflix idea to the to the news and and magazine world. So they've got. Things like the New Yorker, the, the Atlantic, National Geographic, Men's Health, Vogue, and things like that. So it's a way of paying one fee and getting a subscription to all those kind of things. Um, I guess, like, like say, in the same kind of mold as Netflix. So those providers will get something. Um, you get a, 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 a like a wider range of of quality magazines, as they say. Uh, yeah, Apple bought a magazine service called Texture. Um, I think about a year, eighteen months ago. So this has been long rumoured that this was, you know, one of the things we're going to do. Um, I, I guess one of the big things they got was Wall Street Journal. So they, because mm. that's a separate thirty dollars subscription a month, um, and there was some confusion last. They were week. one of the first people to do sort of that walled garden, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Where you could have a certain number of free goes, and then you had to pay. And there's, there's some confusion around Wall Street Journal because because they talked about it as a, it's like a it's it's a, it's a subset of of the. Wall Street Journal articles, right? Um, and then Apple said, "No, actually, it's a real thing." And internally, Wall Street Journal were going, "No, it's not." But it turns out <laughs> it is. But it's a really hacky way that it all works. It's not within the app. You get spawned off on a website, and it's all that weird. Right. Um, but the rest of it is a mixture of um, magazines, 
Um, you covered some off. There's also things like Edge, you know. So if yeah. you're, you know, Wired, you know, there's a there's three hundred odd magazines in there. Some of them are PDF type magazines, so you mm-hmm. know, not the best on an iPhone. Pretty readable on um, an iPad, but also a lot of them are in a kind of Apple News Plus format. Um, so they've got a special format that it's almost like a kind of a superset of RSS. Um, mm-hmm. which makes it more searchable, readable. You know, you can interact with the content a lot more better than a, a static PDF. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting concept. See if you subscribe to a couple of services. So just say you subscribe to Edge and just say The New Yorker. Yeah. You'd as well just swap over to this because you get another 298 magazines. So what they're saying is if you, you know, if you wanted to pay for everything that's on their service individually, you're talking about $8,000. But obviously that's the same you know, that's assigning value to something that someone's never going to use. Exactly. Um, so so it's a bit like telling you how many, you know, movies it would take you to rent on Netflix or whatever. Um, so, yeah, nine ninety nine. So we're, we're yet to know the kind of Europe slash UK list of, you know, magazines yeah. and, and pricing. Oh. So when, when we get that, that will become more relevant to us. Um, it's an interesting idea, especially given, you know, the the... the journalism in general is having a tough time maybe this will bring a revenue stream in an easy to digest and i'm guessing that's what apple are hoping for that that kind of that they can sell this to wider and wider um range of magazines because they get the audience and it's a you know convenient place to get it yeah time will tell we'll get it later so they're saying the fall for australia and uk and with the rest of europe to come later and been interesting to see you know you know what what new services in the uk you know become available on it um that I mean so TechCrunch, TechCrunch have got a subscription service, and um, so you've got TechCrunch website, and they've got a kind of premium, and the premium service is available via Apple News Plus, and one of their journalists slated it, absolutely slated it. Said if you're mm. a company, and you're putting your content in Apple News Plus, all you're doing is what happened to, you know, like the App Store games, you're just giving it away for pennies. Um, where's the value? Where's the value in journalism? Where's the, and, and it's the same argument, I guess, if you look at streaming music, if you look at... But that, I mean, that's exactly it. The, people didn't want to buy the, the you know, CDs anymore. The CD set, so, so people like Apple and people like Spotify came along and said, okay, well, we've got to change the model. You've got to put your content in one place where people can digest. You will get the money that you were not getting yes. because people have moved away from your ideal scenario of buying an individual piece of music that you have a collection of. Same with magazines. People don't want that collection of magazines anymore in their home or to come through the door, you know, with exceptions. Um, but but ultimately, people don't, or you know, people have voted with their feet. That's not what people do anymore. Uh, and therefore, you've got to adapt to the times. <laughs> I, I just threw out a whole ton of um, Edge and Wired magazines. Ian's just showing me his collection of magazines he's got in his room to, to book the, oh, no, the, the a, exception no, to no, prove a, the rule. It's in the attic now because the shelves collapsed last year so (laughs) but but i you know we i'm tidying away my house at the moment and and just a lot of things that i was chucking away were magazines and a lot of them i ended up not buying a subscription to them but by the end of the year not really reading them anymore you know and again just with the very metrics that we're dealing with people aren't doing that so these companies have to adapt but i understand that journalist point of view and and we are in that dangerous place we've spoken to it before about the on the podcast that you know we need that high quality journalism we don't want just paid you know clickbait and all that kind of stuff that we're seeing um and we're in risk of losing it because we're not willing to pay for it and and and, and when it comes out i mean i'm expecting wired to be there um which i subscribe to right now and and i get both the kind of digital and paper so i will i would ditch wired you know probably just sign up to this you know and get a lot more content 
Apple also announced a credit card. Um, this is very much turn left at the traffic lights. I mean, I'm, having said that, if you think that what Apple's model is now is actually, they're mostly a payment provider. Um, you know, a vast majority of what they do is offer a, you know, a storefront and, a, and just a payment system. And that's how they earn their money. Um, so it's not that surprising that they're doing this credit card. But this is a, virtual, well, a nearly entirely virtual credit card that you just use on your phone um and basically they're 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 selling it i mean i I don't want to cover it too much because i i just don't feel this is for me this is not what our podcast really covers is you know these these random services we we don't talk about when mastercard launches a new credit card for example but now we're talking about apple just because it's novel um, but they're talking about the lower percentages where you reckon they can take away some of the charges things like getting fined for late payment of your bills and things like that they can they can waiver all that kind of stuff so there's some interest here but but ultimately this is this is Goldman Sachs working for Apple to deliver them a product. Uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, it's a bit like, and I guess we've kind of, we, we touch on like um, electric cars and kind of AI in cars, and that's not really our thing either, you know, so it's it's one of those where you're right. I think there's more interest in that than there, there is, is in just a, a financial service. Yeah, and, and it, I, I, the interest for me is more just this isn't the Apple we, we know. Or we have known. No, no, exactly, and, and I, it shows how much they're having to turn left at the traffic lights. Yeah, um, and just a couple of interesting things. I believe this is the most secure credit card you you know on the market. Um, the, the the card you get doesn't have a number on it. Um, the CVV will, will alternate and do some electronic way of doing it. Um, the cash back is daily cash, so instead of the kind of monthly or yearly, or you mm-hmm. getting it back via vouchers or something else, it's a a daily cash. So there's some things that are interesting, and I've heard lots of people going, "I'd love that." Um, so certainly, mm. if you buy, I mean, it's like three percent cash back um, on any purchases from Apple. And um, so, if you yes. buy a lot of Apple products, that's a that's an interesting little kickback. Two percent um, on any cash back if you use Apple Pay. So yeah, and then it's one percent if you ever use the physical card. Uh, yeah, so it's um, you know, I, I'm I'm sure for some people it'd be really interesting. I think for me, I'm like meh. And, and like, like I said, the reality right of this is Apple are a financial company or financial organizer service. They are, you know, they are moving, a, a, you know, a massive chunk of the world's economy through their, come through their servers. You know, it's just a, it is a frightening amount of money that they deal with. Um, so it, it makes sense for them to be able to offer credit and especially if they think they can do it better than other people. Um, Apple Arcade was also announced. Um, this is another Netflixy type thing, but for games this time. However, it's not going to be. It's not a streamed service like we're hearing from Google, Microsoft, and so- Microsoft and Sony. This is essentially a bit more like the game Game Pass on Microsoft, where you pay a subscription fee and then you have access to a subset of the App Store, which you can just download without charge. Um, and again, as long as you stay subscribing, you can download and play those apps as soon as you stop subscribing. That's when they go away. Um, and how many how many kind of games were they talking about putting on this service? A um, hundred. So talking about a hundred. Oh, so it's not a massive number no, of games then. But, but but I guess the miss the miss maybe on this one is that they all, you know, and I can't remember the lady's name that stood up in the, in the keynote, um, but she basically said the free model is, is killing you know the the market for a lot of developers so it's almost mm. like saying you know the model we've helped to kind of like stand up which is you know free games and app purchases that are really cheap they work for not even one percent of the market they work for like a point one percent of the market mm. and there's all these other people that can't make a living anymore it's not and like it's a, and it's a fairly it's not a nice i mean no. some depends on the application itself but being ad supported and all that kind of stuff is a pretty ugly user experience here. yeah 
times and then there are games the whole games are just their whole enterprises to have to get you to buy add-ons uh, to yeah. make it worthwhile so there's a little uh, bit of um, yeah culpa with the whole you know we have we have and of... none of these games are going to be ad supported or no. have any but you're having you have full access to the game yep and and also the interesting bit for this was it wasn't just uh um we're going to put 100 games on there so it's not like taking you know out odyssey or putting you know a whole it's new games that are actually mm. investing and putting their cover and development costs for it as well so it's almost a it's almost a game studio without being a game studio right okay so a game studio without putting a title um, on the, the, door, other, the other interesting but I, I i just so I, i'm really interested in it so they didn't reveal pricing <laughs> Um, it's launching this fall, so I guess it's one of going to be one of the kind of iOS what we want to thirteen. So it'll all be tied into iOS thirteen. Um, they also said it was going to be for Mac as well, so I'm sure it's going to be tied in with all the stuff we're going to see at WWDC around, you know, um, you know, bringing iOS. I'm obviously going to say games, but I, the iOS kind of apps and platform onto mm-hmm. Mac. Um, but it's it's they're also changing the app store. So you looked along, the, they had a picture or they showed you the arcade working. Um, and if you go into App Store now, um, you've got like today, games, apps, updates, and search. The updates tab at the bottom was gone and it was arcade. And I just, it's a few indie developers going, what if I don't, you know, so if Apple aren't talked to me and, and I'm, not, I'm not one of the first 100 games and arcades on that front page, how mm. much am I further losing out? So there's 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 going to be winners and losers. I mean, the, the video that, that came out afterwards Talk to some developers who, you know, big name developers, and they're really excited to be working with Apple because they're funding the type of games that they would struggle to get funding for. Um, mm. So they try to do something different. They try to do, a, you know, here's a really, and I guess I'm saying a really good curated platform of games. It'll all be down to the content. I mean, I'll certainly give it a try, but it's whether there's because a hundred's a lot, but then in some ways yep. it's not. You know, yeah, it's, it's less than I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be much wider, and people could said in the kind of Spotify vein, could offer their game up and then get yeah. a cut of whatever the, you know, depending on how many downloads it got. But it sounds very different from that. Yeah. So um, it's... it's... Basically, basically, App Store is one of those places where, you know, it's again, it's now, because it's so mature, it used to be this real good window, shot window for everyone to put their games, right? But now it's so big, it's not that really good shot window anymore because everyone's fighting to get in the actual window display rather than be searchable in a catalogue out back somewhere. You know, that's that's ultimately where they've got to. So, and that's, um, and that's, But they're always going to put the new initiative on the homepage, aren't they? It's going to steal uh, pixels. Absolutely. And, and that's why Apple have got that kind of today page because they are each day there's, you know, so there's a number of magazine um, and website, Apple magazine and website journalists went to work for Apple over the last two years and they're all putting content onto the App Store. Because they're writing about services, they're writing about getting, and, and the sad thing is, it's all trapped in this app. You can't. There's no web links to it. Which no, which, that's. The, I mean, that's the thing. Isn't it? You don't have. It's you a real shame. Wider visibility. No, but I yeah. mean, there's there's like step by step guides to do things. It is like a magazine within the app store, um, and that is one way they're definitely surfacing up. You know, good apps and recommended apps, but that that can only scale so much as well. When you're talking. And, and, it, and it only shows as long as a user comes back daily to come and to yeah. the app store to come and see all that stuff. If you miss, if you're the developer and it happens to be on a slow day and no one comes and views it, you we well, don't hit those people that want to watch, you know, have your app. Then. Yeah. Yes. Um, the biggest kind of bit of their show though was the, uh, well, they were they, combined together. They had the update to the TV app. 
Um, so they are combining and their, their TV app is now going to show services outside of just Apple sort of stuff. So they've teamed up with Amazon and Hulu, uh, HBO to now to allow their, th- those content providers to show content within their TV app. Um, which was surprised quite a few people based on there must have been some interesting negotiations to get um, those services on board when they could just have said no uh, because effectively Apple are going to be going into and we'll come to that next they're putting first party content up and that will also go into their application so it's directly competing against those other services interestingly Netflix didn't come on board with this so they obviously did choose to decline at that point thinking maybe that it's just too much of a, a competitor at this point um, but that Apple obviously want their TV app to be that global, you come here and you can get access to all your content, which is kind of where consumers do want to go. Uh, you know, that's ultimately where a consumer wants to be, is to be able to just come to one place and use all their content. Um, and strangely, TVs have been kind of doing that in their own way recently by, you know, on the TV's menu, WebOS, whatever it is on LG, you can now get to all your services and search for them as well. So it's interesting that TV is doing that. Apple wants to do that via their Apple TV service. Is there anything else in that? Well, so it's, it's now going to be called Apple TV Channels, which I, I thought was a strange name. Um, previously, it was available on um, iOS and through Apple TV. Um, but this is now coming to Samsung, Sony, LG. Right. TVs. So it's a service they're going to d- deliver. It uh, yeah. So so that's that's going. Uh, uh, that's interesting. That's outside the Apple infrastructure. So that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of a new bold step for them, really. And I think that is what a lot of these services were. It was like this isn't the old Apple anymore. We need mm. to be on multiple platforms, you know. So and you're seeing that Apple Music's available on, you know, Amazon Echoes. You know, you're just seeing which that is fine, change. but. but- but you know they they have been so in control of the service from yes. you know from from the delivery so from curation to delivery that letting go of that and actually just having your bog standard LG TV or whatever Samsung TV be able to show Apple content but maybe not in the best light maybe the screen's not that good maybe this that you know that that's where they traditionally well I guess the screen was always I mean, if you had an Apple TV plugged on the screen the screens would was whatever yeah yeah but I, I think the challenge is going to be it's in the past, the Apple TV app as it currently stands would show you here's something on Amazon Prime, but when you clicked on it to watch it, it's studio it's, to the, the yes. app. So it was also, it was showing you the content before, but the user experience was a bit ugly. Yeah, so this is kind of bringing it together. Um, I think yeah. it makes more sense. I think lots of people expect that we do some sort of, and here's a price for it, but there was no price. It was just uh, you'll pay for the individual services when you you know, choose to use them. Um, the, other, the other thing was this is coming to um, Max in the autumn. So again, it feels like, because this is May, so TV channels is launching in May across, mm-hmm. I, can't, I think Samsung was first, and then there's a rolling program through like Sony and LG, and it'll come to iOS and Apple TV platform. Max is, is autumn, again, probably due to Marzipan. They'll write the app once and deploy it via the you know this new Marzipan update that's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also makes me think, is that the finally the end of iTunes and it will have a series of, no, I'll just have an Apple Music app on the Mac. I'll have a podcast app on the Mac from Apple. Because at the moment it's it, all it's tied been, to iTunes. It's been banned, I was going to say, it's been banded about for so long that, you know, iTunes is a service that's just tucked away there and actually it's not really what it used to be. Um, it's doing a whole ton of stuff that it really was never designed to do. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well, that, I would say that's a fairly good point of that is what's going to happen there either split down or just certainly have it distributed a bit wider um but they did also announce their apple tv plus uh, video subscription service so 
Um, this is for, you know, not a well-kept secret. We kind of knew this was coming, um, but Apple curated content. So they are the, you know, they're, they're actually delivering up that first-party content. Um, and they've got a whole, you know, they, uh, from what I'm reading here, they, they paraded a whole ton of <laughs> big name, big, big name people just to get the excitement going, um, you know, of, of what's gonna what's coming in there well i get how how when is the delivery of this so this is this? again the fall no pricing yet but it is coming to 100 plus countries so the deals that they've struck with all these content providers as in all these you know studios actors and actresses directors it's all across the world um, unlike you know so there's lots of people who are like you know well they have hbo before the announcement they were like well they have hbo on their apple tv channel service and it's like well they won't and in the UK because Sky's got all that you know and that's the mm. problem with a lot of the kind of TV content deals there's a lot they're all yes. splitting parcels up across the world um this is Apple owning their own content that, that was weird because they didn't they didn't show anything they just basically right. kind of the the, the theatre went black and there's Steven Spielberg and he talked about why he was bringing what you know he's bringing what was it amazing stories to Apple TV plus and then it went black and there was Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell talking about their show, which is called The Morning mm. Show. And it went on and on. There was Jason Moama, there was um, J.J. Abrams, there was Big Bird. There was just it was, and then so uh, a lot of so a lot of fanfare, but no actual meat and veg. <laughs> there was eventually there was eventually a kind of teaser trailer about ninety seconds, which showed you clips from each one. So they have been filming. Um, Okay. Uh, and and then when that was done, they, they then talked about how there was there was a there was one big person that they wanted to bring, blah blah blah, and that was Oprah. So Oprah was standing there. She's done a deal a bit like um, the Obamas did with Netflix. So it's like uh, mm. it's not so much tied to a series. She's going to be doing some content and documentary, and she wants to be on the platform. And Tim Cook was crying when she was on stage because it's Oprah. Um, so, you know, so it's, it's just one of those. It's, um, I really want to be on your platform. Where's my money? And I was, I, was, I could not <laughs> shake that when I was watching it. Cause she says the reason I want to be here, I'm in a billion pockets people. And it was like, yeah, but I bet you it's like a billion dollars again as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I get the, the weird thing. I, I, and it was the same for much of this was things like, uh, you know, it's, it's services we're not used to seeing from Apple. Um, it's all coming, it's jammed tomorrow, which we're not used to seeing from Apple. There's not even any pricing, which is no. unusual for Apple. Usually yeah. it's a very, you know, this is the price, it's coming next week. This is the price, it's coming in a month. This is the price, you know, and that's a usual drumbeat, and this wasn't it. And I'm guessing it's because it's negotiations and because really it's the, uh, it's kind of a chicken-egg scenario where you've got to build interest in your platform to make people want to come on board with your platform and deliver content there because, again, they've got options to deliver it in other places. So I'm guessing that's what, you know, Apple don't want to deliver a half-assed service that you know at a price that they can't achieve or whatever and then suddenly find that no one wants to come on board they, they've got to get that interest and i'm guessing that's some of the delay but uh, i guess also just until they know all the deals and and all the regions that they're going to deliver this in it's going to be hard for them to come up with that i'm also but, assuming they'll do some sort of you know if you pay for music and you pay for news plus and and you know if you pay for something else you'll get something free i can't see it all being separate you know so i'm thinking back to like amazon prime you know, you get you pay mm. for Amazon Prime, and that initially was the delivery. 
yeah and then it was and a then tv the and then there was a kind in, of kindle yeah. bit so they're bundling all that together as an overall price so we're going because to see because it's easy and it adds benefit yeah you're yeah, going to see this from apple because ultimately you then just turn around and say see if you buy this and this we'll give you free storage we'll give you this we'll give you that what i think is interesting this isn't really a the model of preview all these services you're going to bring and then deliver them later is not a model we see very many other places it's you know to have a whole event around something you're going to bring in a hardware world is well understood but in services world generally speaking a services is made and then it is delivered and then it is talked about you know that you can go and get this service i don't remember maybe maybe Netflix, for example, was obviously US focused for a long while, so we heard about it before we could get it. But in general, you know, Netflix didn't exist, and then one day it did exist, and you did, we didn't have a big event that everyone talked about. So maybe this, you know, the new Apple, maybe this model of announcing all your stuff beforehand is, you know, it's just doesn't isn't needed anymore. It, it did make me think of like the games industry, how you go like you do like an E three. And an E3, you'll see a certain amount. And it is all a lot of jam tomorrow and a lot of times not even a price and a date. Yeah. And then there's a show of three months' time where we'll, well, here's a date. And then there's another show that says, so here's more exclusive games and here's the price. And it's a month before it actually all drops and you get that drip, drip, drip. Did, okay, yeah, it made, that. It, it made me... It, it was somewhat, I also find it's, it's strange because Apple, have, last few years, have started doing things like I've got WWDC... And I've got the September event for iPhones and other things are mostly press releases, you yeah. know, and that's what they've been. And this year was, we had an event um, and then we had, we've had this, which is like a series, or sorry, before the event, it was a series of press releases and all products that are, that are, that are out. Mm. And it was like, so here's all the concrete things, just do it with press release. Here's this thing that was new to us. We'll do it. You know, so what happens in the next next six months? Are we going to get a WWDC where this doesn't really get a mention because they're focusing on, on software well i think it was software hopefully mac pros and yeah that kind of stuff september will be iphone do they also <laughs> launch all this stuff at the same event is that a yeah, separate event it's yeah. just it's just that whole messaging piece is quite interesting hmm. anyway that was the end of the event itself and all the announcements they had there but not long afterwards they did put out um uh well an update to the channels that they were going to cancel their air power this was the the apple's sort of charging mat that was going to allow you to put your products on it and it was going to charge it but they they came out and said uh, we can't we can't engineer this in a way that you know that we want to it's not going to work we're going to cancel it but it was all a bit of a kerfuffle right yeah this stinks and um, because the they announced this in 2017 said it would be out in 2018 most folk were like is it coming is it coming is it coming never came um, so, so last week they announced the new AirPods. The new AirPods, the people have got them this week, in the manual talks about how you use the AirPower to charge it. One of the big things about the AirPods is it supports wireless charging. Mm. Um, so it talks about all this. And then yesterday, last night, kind of like five, ten minutes before like the, you know, the usual kind of tail end of Friday, they've put out the, by the way, we've cancelled it. I, that to me just they knew this last week they knew when they released the Air, airpods that this wasn't coming out so why mm. do it today why not get ahead it just seemed a really weird timing decision you know it, with the, with the, did they think oh we're going to get embarrassed because we've got all this because the airpods were also dated 2018 
they were shown during the WWDC introduction. Was it WWDC introduction? So do you think they were delaying the AirPods for the charging mat? Because I, they'd... I, I, don't, I can't think of another reason. Because yeah. the, the, the techno- technology-wise, there's a new chip inside the AirPods. Yeah. Um, so whether they had problems with that, but then it's all dated 2018 on the on the back. Yeah, of the so box. it sounds so it sounds like they were trying to get wireless charging solved. They eventually decided they couldn't, uh, and then sold them, uh, you know, with still the bits in it about the wireless charging, and then cancelled that subsequently. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. It does it does it doesn't feel like it's completely honest. Um, it, it also feels like the new Apple where they're promising a lot, whereas the yes. old Apple, and I'm seeing old Apple, I'm talking about probably the Jobs era when it came back in, and it was like, you will focus on a set of key products, minimum product lines, and see when we demo it, it's, it's there next week. Apart from the ones where they're having to do it as a, it's a brand new platform, because they want to get ahead of doing all the regulatory stuff where it would be released, you know, it's, Interesting. Know, it's... We've seen we've seen Google and Samsung and all those other companies. They go through. They've been through a scattergun approach, right? Yeah. And in fact, arguably, Samsung companies like that are still doing that scattergun approach. But Google has very much decided against that now and coming trying to come full circle back down to that focus set of products. Um, I wonder whether Apple again just you know just feeling out where things are. But but it you can't have too many times where you announce stuff and then just just cancel it. The, the, doesn't start getting a bit of a stink around it um and there's always the long rot of you know um jobs not being in charge and suddenly everyone saying what jobs would have done and this you know and this was coupled i mean i was going to add it in i thought nah it's just we've covered this already but yet again this week if i had to apologize for their, their macbook keyboards i mean this is yeah. three years of keyboard problems um so joanna stern who writes for wall street journal it was a scathing embarrassing um article she wrote and it, but it was really clever because it was two toggles on it because basically her E and her R keys have broke. So you could toggle it as she wrote it or you could toggle the E's and R's on so you could make it a readable article. <laughs> that is quite clever. And, it, and, and Apple actually said, sorry. We are yeah. sorry to the small percentage of the, our customers where this is still a problem. <laughs> and But it is, again, it just smacks off. How can you not get a keyboard right? It's just basic engineering and... You know, you buy a keyboard, and after two years, you're asked to you know spend seven hundred quid to fix the keyboard. That's yeah, look, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle the engineering that goes no, into just but, the medial keyboard. But nevertheless, you know, you can. Go, I've got a cheap plasticky keyboard, uh, and it doesn't doesn't have a problem. So yeah. No, so no. you know, they're almost trying to be too clever with it, rather than rely on some of the old engineering. So we say we will finish our Apple section on a positive. Um, so an update that did come out this week was WatchOS 5.2. Did nothing in America, but for us in Europe and in Hong Kong, it enabled the ECG feature. Ah, uh, yes. How are you? Are you're with us still, so I, I am good. still here. So I, I've taken a number of ECGs. You haven't gone to the docks? No, I've taken a number, number of ECGs. Well, it, it has been giving me a couple of alerts the last two months saying low heartbeat overnight. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, does, what does that mean? <laughs> Um, but no, ECG features arrived um, and works as advertised. I have had no problems. I've taken four or five samples, you know, ECGs, um, and it's all all good. So in the US, that the reason they released in the US earlier was because it had regulatory approval to yes. be a genuine reading. Has it also got that in Europe then? Yes. Or is, is it doesn't come with the caveats that this is purely no no. So they got in, they, they got the nod from Europe, and while yeah, we're great. and as we are still in Europe, we get it as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for a bit. Yeah, and and you know, as much as we 
potentially being down on Apple for doing different things and whatever. You know, ultimately that's what the company has to do. And you know, releasing services is going to put a whole load of different things out. Yeah, I don't. It shouldn't sound like a negative spin. They ultimately we're still interested in what they're doing. Um, oh, absolutely. And, um, and as I said, the new service looks interesting. The arcade looks interesting just because it's a. Uh, what yeah, are the different from what games? It, you are in the, um, at, yeah. the TV service, I've, I've, I guess I'm a little bit jaded from having to spend £10 a month on each different TV service. Mm. It's a bit like when um, the, the, the Monopoly's kind of commission said, Sky, you can't show all the football. And all it does is cost a support more, or more yeah. money. And yeah. this is, and we've got too much TV content now. You know, there is, there is you can't watch everything you want to watch. No. It's just no. Again, it's, you know, like having different channel packs, even in, within Sky. You know, they do them cleverly so that you have to, you know, have yeah. to buy multiple packs to get exactly what you want. You can't just buy individuals channels, kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So let's um, let's go on with something that we didn't know, which was Britain's getting a bad deal from the biggest broadband <laughs> providers in the UK. Basically, there's been a survey, and the biggest providers, the BT, Sky, Talk, Talk, Virgin who supply 90% of the people with the broadband in this country, uh, apparently they get the lowest um, satisfaction by far. That's not just customer services, but also service outage and whatever. I'm, I'm guessing because that's 90% of the users, it's also going to contain 90% of the faults. Do you, so, you know, they're going to see a bigger proportion just because they cover that much more. But nevertheless, they certainly, as we we traditionally in the in the, the where we talk about these kind of things all the time, Talk Talk have a fairly bad stink around their customer service side of things, and BT and Sky are always the go-to provider because they offer nice, cheap deals quite often. But you know they're not necessarily the best, um, and they're you know they they've got a bigger customer base, which also means that you get slower service, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, didn't nothing we didn't know about, but it's good to keep kicking them because otherwise they won't do anything. Uh, yes, um, Zen was top. So yeah, so I'm, that's who I use. There you go. They're also probably the most expensive provider, which is probably why yeah. they get yeah. so much. Yeah. Good. Um, they they put it towards customer service. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they had a, a score of 87% in satisfaction table. Vodafone and Virgin had 58, BT 51, and Sky and Talk Talk 50. Um, so, yes. Um, and Talk Talk, I'd, I'd, um, I'm always a bit um, about Talk Talk. But. Yes, they've they've always been. You know, I shouldn't slander them, but they're a bit a bit shady. That's the that's the overriding impression you get from people. They they're sell heavy, deliver light. You know, they're, that's kind of their door to door sales and all those kind of things is yeah. is where your talk talk comes in. Um, but yeah, um, if you are on one of those services and you're not having a good time, why not try a different service? You know, okay, you might be locked in for a bit, but just you know, unlock yourself at some point, see what else is out there. Um, Maybe a bit more money, but ultimately, if that means you're going to have a better service, then why not do that? Yes, and it does feel like a page of money you get your give yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you've got an Asus um, computer, I would certainly make sure it's fully up to date at the moment because they have been subject to a uh, a fairly sophisticated backdoor attack where um, update software on the actual Asus service has been uh, compromised with a with a backdoor that I'm not sure exactly what it's doing. It's certainly scanning um, MAC addresses and things like that. So if you've done even official updates um, via Asus, then you really do need to get make sure your PC is up to date now. And I guess the sore one of this is is that everybody always says patch, 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 patch. Make sure you're up yes, to date. Yes, and this was people patching. And yeah. by being up to date, you've actually introduced a, 
about backdoor software. So they basically, whoever the uh, people putting this in got hold of the signing certificate for the actual official Asus one and then managed to also get software into that update cycle. So, it, you know, it, it's not like your everyday hackers that that's a sophisticated attack. Um, so, yeah, just I would make sure you've got the latest of everything. I think it just shows that ultimately you can't be too careful, but it still pays. You're still like, yeah, you're still the. It's better you know. to be up to date, you know. So, and that's the only fear around this that people will hear this or see this and go, "Ooh, I'm, that's the last time I'm doing a, I don't know, a Microsoft update. It's the last time I'm updating my." And it's like, just just keep yourself up to date. The, the amount of zero days that are around now is scary. The EU has backed um, some controversial copyright law. So this um, were these were basically rules in favor of say the music industry or creative industries where if um content is added to a service and it contains um say music then it is not the responsibility of the person uploading anymore to uh, make sure that is copyright uh, is licensed it's up to the actual service so for example youtube would be responsible for the content that gets uploaded to it and and it's it's been causing a stink for a while um, but the EU has gone along with it, and it say it's causing all sorts of problems. This is the the people who most get affected are people like YouTube stars who rely on YouTube now for an income, and unfortunately, all the videos are now you know scanned. So, to give you an example of where this is affecting people, so um, YouTube vloggers have been out in say in a local cafe talking and doing whatever YouTube vloggers do. In the background in that cafe with some snippets of music playing, maybe as the as you're talking to camera, there's a, a, a background music, which is, for, you know, playing in that cafe that you're in. The whole of that video, which you were monetizing, gets uh, all the advertising money that for that, that video now goes straight to the music industry for that snippet of sound. Even if it's a background track that you can't really even hear because it's in there, um, that all that money channel gets put to the music industry now rather than to the person who created the content and and this can be a 5 second snippet in the you know in right <laughs> right the, the beginning middle or end of your thing and then the whole of that video is rendered uh, unmonetizable by you so you've created this content and it can be completely unrelated to the music that's that's playing um and also the rules are changing now where you used to be able to use very short snippets of tracks um, without um, fear of copyright infringement. But now even those short snippets are getting pulled. So where you've been able to monetize all your your archive before, suddenly one day that all gets turned off and all the money gets channeled to somewhere else, somewhere else. So it's a little bit galling for all those YouTube people who have put all the content. It's been certainly very... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not done a good thing. Well, it's not been a good for them. And this ruling now puts all that responsibility on YouTube to to make sure they enforce all this so it is getting more heavy more and more heavily enforced it's you know it's not good no it it uh, I, I i i get confused with this one i've got to be honest because I, I i guess i can see what they were trying to protect but it just seems fundamentally flawed and also it applies to you know so it's applying to as you say like youtube but it won't apply to a cloud storage service or there are exemptions around things like so if it's parody you're doing it under, then you're not, you know, this doesn't apply to you. So if you're I doing know. it as a parody, and it's like so, 
How are you going to do that against a 15-minute YouTube video? Do you just say the kind of two minutes or the 30 seconds that, that snippet was on? Is that a parody bit? It just, just seems legally really... I don't know. Just, yeah, there's no automated difficult. system that yeah. can make that um, distinction. And yeah, no, so no one really knows how this is going to be delivered. All that we're seeing in the wild is that there are some really unfair things happening to people who have, you know, been, that's it's their living. Um, and then their, their videos are being taken away from them. Uh, you know, ultimately they're, then they're there earning money for someone else, which is, see, for, for the, the five seconds of background music that was in a cafe just seems totally unfair and unreasonable. No, no one, you know, from the outside would think that that music had anything to do with the success of the video. Um, you know, I guess the whole point is the creative industry is saying you can't put my music and sell your brand based on work that I've done without giving me something for it. But, but there's again, there's no way of people being able to license for that as well. So that's the other thing they're saying you can't use this in any way. But equally, there's no simple way for a person to come and say, "I'd like to put your song in my, tr- you know, in my video." How much would you? How much am I going to do it? And if you did go and ask that question, it would be thousands, <laughs> you know. So there's no, there's no point a YouTuber who you know doesn't know how much they're going to earn from a video or whatever. They they can't do that. So anyway, it's all a, it's all a little well, stink. This doesn't add any clarity. It just adds more confusion and it puts more power to the to the music side of things and takes it away from individual c- content creators and ultimately you could see you know so just take youtube they might turn around and say right just block all yeah, any any content created in the uk and the eu just what you upload it just blocked you know and I, I, I don't think that'll happen but that's the simplest and i guess some people are saying most likely solution for a lot of content providers they're going to say this service for uploading your content is available everywhere apart from the eu because there's no way we can meet this legislation without the risk of being sued by the EU, by yeah. an artist. It, and we've already seen how much the EU's taken off. We, we were talking yeah, billions and billions, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think that's why there's so many, and you know, if, if we call it the, the YouTuber, the creative community, I guess we'll call it, there's so many on that side going, this is just going to kill us. Um, yep. Whereas there's so many, I guess. Well, it already has, yeah. you know, ultimately. And there's so many, I guess, I will say the big artists are saying, well, well, we need protected. You know, if you're using their content, we want some sort of kickback. Yeah. Um, we'll focus on the article. That, that's Article 13, but there's also this Article 11, which was, um, I think other people have called it the, the kind of news tax, the link tax. So this is basically. Um, if uh, th- there's going to be a potential tax payment required if you link to news content. Wow, okay. Uh, um, so if you use news links and you're a Facebook, an Apple, a Google, even a Twitter was mentioned, um, if, if, there's a, if there's a link to a news article, you're going to have to pay for its usage. Um, so, so and, and I'm guessing the whole point of doing something like that is to say again the money should go to to pay for the journalism that's created the content rather than the person who's surfacing that yes um, however does that mean that that content is going to be surfaced because you know because they, you know ultimately the does the journalist get more money because they're being paid for doing that click or does the actual provider like Facebook just say well I'm not going to put your links up there then because I'm not paying you you know, I'm not. I can't. A click for me isn't worth sending it. But you know, for you, you've got to work out how to monetize it yourself, almost thing. So yeah, whether it, which way it will go, who knows where that will fall. But ultimately, it's it's kind of a tough tough deal either way. And I think Google Google from memory did an experiment where they tried to because I think there's limitations and you know how like in Twitter if I share a link it puts like a little photo and it's got like a paragraph mm. so you can. Uh, 
I think they simulated a here's what you get if it's just a plain link, and it was a drop off fifty or sixty percent. Yeah. Um. And and so this this whole benefit of I'm going to force you to go to a website or I'm going to charge you for this, it's like actually we're going to lose more out of it. Um. But it's it's been passed. Yep. Okay, just want to speed through some of the last ones and I'll let you chunter away on uh, the BBC podcast one. But the, uh, <laughs> let's quickly go through. So EU has asked for increased security but has not banned Huawei 5G products. So at the end of you have been following on with the news, America banned Huawei products from, from all their kind of backbone software and, and from operating in the US. Um, the EU has been deciding whether they can. The UK has been deciding all these things and basically the EU has come up and said, yes, we... We're not saying we're not going to ban them, but what we are saying is we need to have more, out, you know, view on security of, of these kind of bits as we put in this new software, this new technology, which everyone believes is going to be the the forward thinking. You know, it's going to be the thing that brings everything up to date. Um, but yeah, they they've basically said we're not going to blanket ban, but in the wording, it kind of left that open if they didn't feel like they were getting enough security out of of what they were looking at. Um, I think the US have also kind of put the pressure on even more, which kind of suggests it's much wider than just, um, say, thinking about the security side. I've said that they might even ban uh, working with countries that decide to work with Huawei. It is, you know, it just it, it's very much a, a, you know, from the US, it's certainly there's there's more to it than just the technology fear. Um, I'm wondering whether there have been actual leakages of information that they know about and, and you know, or whether it's just... A weird president doing weird president things. <laughs> the US, I, I can't. Think, the US to me feels a bit like it's protectionism in some ways as well. It's, like that's what it feels, you like, know. And it, and, yeah. and, um, and and I guess there's 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 small bits of evidence from around the world of maybe similar things, but not to the same extent. Um, there's a there's a there's a sniff about this, but again, it doesn't seem to be enough to stop. You know, so you think the, the last time we covered this for UK, it was a, uh, it was yeah, we're going to use them. We we you know, but we'll, yep. we wanted them closely. And again, bet the devil, you know, you know they they know that they've got to check for you know the hardware and software and all those kind of things rather than just blindly put them in. So that's probably better than a US firm who've just got lax security and no one checks it because <laughs> well, they they're on this approved supplier list. Yes. Spotify has acquired a true crime podcast. So it's Parcast is the studio and this is all podcast content. So this is where we're seeing Spotify actually come into the spoken word. And this is another, they they, they got Gimlet the other day uh, and now they've added this one, which is yeah more kind of true crime and all that kind of juicy stuff. Um, so that was interesting. I, it's good, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you're just seeing, you're seeing Spotify and also the podcast market changing. You know, Spotify... Yeah. I think they have to diversify because they're so tied to music. Um, obviously, they're, they're a huge streaming platform, but they want to reduce the amount they pay artists, and they're trying to diversify their, you know, their, yeah. where, where they get their money from. Whether whether that I, I don't know whether for the, like the Gimlet content, for example, whether that just means it's just in Spotify, or whether they still do support the old streams. Yeah. I, I don't know. At but... the moment, they're saying the support that you know you can get it anywhere. But I, I yeah. just, it just makes me think they're going to move to a to a locked away garden wall area. Hear it first is, on Spotify or get it on Spotify, yeah. and it's. And this is exactly the story we're coming on to now. BBC has removed um, its podcast from Google Podcasts and also Google Assistant. 
Um, they are saying because they've been trying to work with Google to allow them to to know and understand user metrics. But Google is saying that's not information available and therefore they've pulled it. But there's a whole ton of other things chuntering away here. So the BBC move, removing it from Google, but also the BBC Sounds, it, they're moving a lot of content into the BBC Sounds app and then removing it from podcast stream. So um, where the, you know, BBC podcasts are available globally because that's the the nature of a podcast. It's it's open and available to everyone. And obviously BBC Sounds is only available to UK citizens. So they're moving their content inside that. But generally speaking, making things less available. And, and for people like me who like to chain a whole ton of podcasts from all manner of different providers from around the world into a nice listening list for, say, my runs and my long runs, BBC content is coming you know, I can't do that. So effectively, you know, I can't chain or pull this content into one nice bit. I have to have a, if I want to listen to BBC stuff, you know, I have to go to sounds. Well, that's certainly the direction that it feels like we're headed. Um, BBC are saying that we will still work with Google to try and get our products back on there, but it does seem like that's not, you know, maybe their direction is more to, they, they're looking for excuses to put things in sounds and not elsewhere. Yeah, so so BBC have said that they're you know as a public service company they're not comfortable with Google reducing their listeners' choice um, because their their Google's tendency was to steer users searching for a podcast towards its own app rather than BBC Sounds or other third party services. So they're not saying it's exclusive to BBC Sounds, mm. but there's definitely there's a there's a direction of travel here. Um, the, so BBC when it launched its BBC Sounds apps have started putting what were open podcast so a podcast if you don't know is just an rss feed with some audio online um, and any app that can interpret that rss feed can then grab that audio and play it um, there does seem to be a move for bbc to start putting its you know locking its content into bbc sounds which yeah. i, I kind of get but at the same time i don't like that direction of travel and there was a, certainly one of my old scottish mates who stays in america he pointed out that um, there's a number of bbc podcasts that he loved He's on Android, listen to him yeah. on Android. Um, BBC Sounds isn't available outside the UK. So no. actually, so, so in the past, he was able to listen to this, no problem, and it's now locked to just um, a UK audience, uh, which just seems really damaging for the BBC as a brand, and it's not... It's not a podcast, then you'll call it a radio show. We've seen, we've seen, yeah, yeah. So we've, yeah, ex- exactly. That that's that's a good angle. I mean, we've seen a lot of other companies go down this route for probably similar reasons. The they reckon they can make more money or certainly have more control over it that way. But it's it seems the trend recently has been to open up again. So with Sky and people like that, they've they've tried to release where they were all locked into their mobile service. Now they're starting to loosen the rules and allow people to, to actually use the content. It seems like BBC are heading in the opposite direction. It seems to be contrary to the, the latest thinking for sure. And we're um, seeing big money heading into podcasts apart from ours. We're seeing big money heading into podcasts <laughs> and... and and we just need to see how that that changes the market because right now it's really open. If you want a different, you know, if I'm if I'm using an, an iPhone, there's there's a I don't know ten fifteen really good kind of podcast type you know apps that I can use same on Android and I can get all the content. But that is yeah. slowly but surely starting to change. And again, it's just as big business gets involved in the podcasting, BBC have seen that tipping point where even their kind of Radio Four listeners, my barometer, are starting to download. <laughs> the podcast and things from the show because it's more convenient to listen yeah. to the content so as that content becomes the more primary route of listening to things rather than via the wireless um you know it, that, that's of course going to be their focus of you know well, how do we control that process and, and in the other other places journalism's realizing that people are listening to this it must have a value there i want to grab some of that value 
All right, um, lastly, No Man's Sky is going to have a full VR support on PS4 and on PC. And this isn't just um, enabling you to do use a VR headset. This is actually going to have proper VR integration. So you're going to have hands-on, um, be able to steer your craft, for example, around worlds, you know, using your con- you know, touch controllers um, and various other bits and bobs. So they're promising that it's going to add an extra dimension. Boom, boom. And and the reason I've added this in is just purely so No Man's Sky, as you know, I've babbled about for ages. Yeah. Um, initial launch was, uh, but but it just fell well short. Like of everyone what the said it was rubbish. Yeah. You're the only one that even gave it a chance. <laughs> but the updates, I mean, it is the most. I think they got an award in the last couple of months as the most improved game over the so last like, two or three years. After its major update, yeah. and it does now feel like a fully fledged game with yes. actual content and and you know bulk to it. I I, I did dry. I did draw close on it and then it was a bit tiring after a while yeah. um so i haven't played it for a so, long time so now, 2019 there's a there's a major update coming called beyond so it's called no man's sky beyond and all they've said is it's got three major components and um, the first of that is no man's sky online which is what, what they've described as a radical new social and multiplayer experience um so i think it's a, a a proper true multiplayer experience in that in that 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 world the second part is the vr piece that we've just said here and the third part is still to come um, so yeah. and and again, there's there's no there's no extra money to pay for this. So if you've got the game, you get all this. So, and they've certainly taken that philosophy on other things. Um, so it's been a good that they have done that. Yeah. Um, so we'll absolutely. I'm sure we'll report back once that comes out. Anyway, that is the end of our podcast. Um, have you got any picks? No, just catch your website and 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 like sponsor you. Cheesy dot blog donate. Yeah. All right, and if you want to find out more about us, digitaloutbox.com. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. Uh, Twitter is digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as CheesyUK, um, racing, motor racing stuff, academyracer.co.uk. But yeah, cheesy.blog is my running one. Ian, where are you? Um, just got a cheesy.blog. <laughs> nice one. All right, uh, we will speak to you again as soon as we've got stuff to talk about. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.